0: Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. Hey knob twiddlers. I'm thrilled to share that season three of the Girls Twiddling Knobs podcast is sponsored by the lovely folks at Isotope. Now, Isotope design award-winning audio plugins, and I'm actually using some of the fabulous tools inside their RX9 software to get my voice sounding crystal clear inside today's episode. And when you use the code GirlsPod10, you'll get 10 percent off any plugin purchase on their site, excluding subscriptions, and a whole free month of their amazing music production suite Pro instead of the standard seven-day trial. Just go to Isotope.com forward slash GirlsPod. To find out more, have you ever gone into a studio only to feel intimidated and excluded by your lack of technical jargon or knowledge of the recording process, coupled with a lack of female representation in the room? This experience can further imposter syndrome because you convince yourself that just because you don't know a few terms or all the stages of the recording process, it must mean that you don't know what you're talking about at all even when it comes to your musical opinions and ideas. This is, of course, not the case, but when you learn more about recording and production, you start to understand the stages of the process and it becomes far less mysterious and much more familiar. In fact, it normalises the process and you start to see that it's actually less complicated and less intimidating than you may have been led to believe, and that you too, in fact, have the capabilities to harness that process for yourself. Hello and welcome to Girls Twiddling Knobs. My name's Isabel and over the last decade, my self-produced and self-released music has amassed over 25 million Spotify streams. I also have a PhD in Sonic Arts, but I wasn't always this confident with music tech. In fact, I still hear those self-doubt gremlins in my head from time to time. I started this podcast to help more female-identifying musicians start recording and producing their music and learn from other women making music with technology. If that's your cup of tea, then you're in the right place, my friend. Let's dive in. well hello there knob twiddlers and welcome back to another fantastic jam-packed episode of girls twiddling knobs now this week we're going to be talking about something that i'm sure many of you can relate to this pesky little phenomenon can put the brakes on even the most inspired plans and leave the most accomplished and talented of us totally doubting our abilities i am of course talking about imposter syndrome But not only are we going to unpack imposter syndrome in this week's episode, we're also going to look at how recording and production skills may actually offer a way of overcoming this if you're currently experiencing it in your music. But don't worry, before we get into all that goodness, we'll first be unpicking exactly what imposter syndrome is, how it might affect people in the creative industries, and more specifically, women in music too. And as well as looking at how developing your skills in recording and production could help you overcome imposter syndrome, I'm also going to be tackling the biggest imposter syndrome trap you still might fall into even so. Once you become more aware of what this trap is and what you can do to avoid it, you're more likely to be able to utilise all the incredible opportunities that recording and production skills will give you and the massive confidence boost you'll get as a result. I cannot wait to dive into all things imposter syndrome with you, dear listener. So let's get started. So let's first unpack imposter syndrome. Now, this concept was developed by psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Eames inside their study on high-achieving women in 1978, and the initial term they coined was the imposter phenomenon. They found that despite outstanding academic and professional accomplishments, women who experience the imposter phenomenon persist in believing that they are really not bright and have fooled anyone who thinks otherwise. If you're interested in reading more about that study and their research, check out the links in the show notes with this episode. And in today's terms, imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud, and it has now become a widely embraced term regularly discussed across both social and mainstream media too. Ironically, it disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. It's also important to acknowledge that bias and exclusion can exacerbate feelings of self-doubt, For example, if you belong to a minority or experience stigma in any way, you're statistically more likely to experience imposter syndrome. In the context of music production, many women are given the message, either implicitly or explicitly, that they do not belong in what is often still a white cis male-dominated space. It's worth noting that a lot of the discourse around imposter syndrome focuses on the internal experience of those going through it. But undoubtedly, it is influenced by external factors, and therefore, it's important to question if imposter syndrome can, in fact, arise as a result of being the only or one of a few women in an environment such as music technology. And furthermore, does not seeing yourself reflected in modern media and wider society, such as seeing many other women in music production, contribute to imposter syndrome too? These are questions we'll try to answer inside this episode. So how does imposter syndrome manifest for many women in music? Well, making music or doing anything artistic is highly subjective and is also, though, often outwardly scrutinised. For example, people may tell you that they love your music or think that you're an amazing artist but you may still not have a record deal or millions of Spotify streams or be making a full-time living out of your music. These seemingly mismatched realities can lead many musicians, including women, to doubt their validity. For female musicians experiencing imposter syndrome, they may believe they were just lucky when receiving positive feedback on their work and that their music isn't actually that great. Imposter syndrome might also mean that female musicians underestimate their judgments and opinions and therefore hand over a disproportionate amount of the decision-making and control within their music and career to other people. And it can also mean that when women receive ill-thought-through advice or unconstructive feedback, it's hard to see this with perspective and keep moving forward with your own path. In short, this experience of imposter syndrome can mean you may be feeling a lack of trust that you know what's best for you And your music. And I see this so often with the female students that I teach recording and production to, not least inside of my own online course, Home Recording Academy. Many students start their journey in recording and production with me having been told very black and white narratives about who they can and can't be and what they can and can't do. It's often their imposter syndrome that has led these incredibly talented and often high-achieving musicians to believe this rhetoric and even hand over much of the creative process to other people. But more widely, it is believed that imposter syndrome affects around 87% of people working within the creative industries and can arise in many different career stages and for many different reasons. Some of the triggers of imposter syndrome for women in music can include moving between genres, but not feeling at home in any of them, job interviews and pitches for creative work, and self-identifying as a musician, especially if music is not your primary source of income. So let's now look at some examples of where imposter syndrome has affected real women in music from a variety of genres. UK DJ Sherelle has said that even being one of the most in-demand upcoming DJs on the planet doesn't make her immune to imposter syndrome. In the early stages of her career, she found it difficult to get involved in conversations with other DJs and producers for fear of being exposed as an imposter. In an interview in MixMag, she says, I've experienced extreme imposter syndrome especially in the early days when everything was kicking off. I remember being at a dinner with Midland, Jane Fitz and Galcha Lustwerk and the organisers of Concrete in Paris. If my girlfriend hadn't been with me, I think I would have stayed silent the whole time. It's important to notice in Charelle's account that imposter syndrome has affected if she even participates in a conversation. Later in the interview, she also makes some interesting links between her level of imposter syndrome and how well she's taking care of her body, including how much she's sleeping. Definitely something to think about. Rising star Ashley Nicole Casey created her alter ego, Ashniko to help her deal with imposter syndrome, saying... I've taken elements of my personality and blown them up entirely, exaggerating them because it helps me to have this powerful character I can come to when I need a confidence boost. I just tap into that character and it helps me to feel like I'm completely capable and sure of myself and deserving of my success and opportunities. Now that word deserving is key to imposter syndrome and I think links very much to the idea of needing permission from other people to even have the right to create and share music. Who says we have permission and who says we deserve success? Because in reality, deserving it really doesn't often come into it. It's much more about luck, but imposter syndrome convinces us that we could never deserve true success because we are uniquely flawed. But what's interesting about Ashley Nicole Casey's alter ego Nico, is that this persona enables her to become more than her imposter syndrome and show up as a confident, bold and colourful musician. And lastly, even pop icon Lady Gaga has experienced imposter syndrome, saying, I still sometimes feel like a loser kid in high school and I just have to pick myself up and tell myself that I'm a superstar every morning so that I can get through this day and be for my fans what they need me to be. Remember how I said at the beginning of this episode that it often significantly impacts people who are outwardly high achieving? Well, you don't get much more high achieving than a musician like Lady Gaga. So if you thought imposter syndrome was just for the mere mortals like us, dear listener, you'd be wrong. So what do we do about this as women in the industry? And where does music technology fit into all of this? Well, the first reason that learning to record and produce your music yourself may help if you're suffering with imposter syndrome is that it gives you a tangible sense of achievement, but also some practical skills that you can objectively value in and of themselves. Now, of course, having recording and production know-how doesn't necessarily make you a good musician, but many women struggle to embrace the identity of a professional, legit musician and wait for permission from others to do so. Where I think recording and production skills can really help with this is in the feeling of achievement and learning new skills and the choices these will give you moving forward. Remember how we discussed that imposter syndrome can be rife in the creative industries because of the subjectivity inherent in these fields? Well, deepening or even just starting to grow your skills in recording and production can massively improve this because they are an objective skill set that you will draw from again and again and again. The next reason why gaining skills in recording and production can help with imposter syndrome is because it demystifies this often elusive process. Have you ever gone into a studio only to feel intimidated and excluded by your lack of technical jargon or knowledge of the recording process, coupled with a lack of female representation in the room? This experience can further imposter syndrome because you convince yourself that just because you don't know a few terms or all the stages of the recording process, it must mean that you don't know what you're talking about at all, even when it comes to your musical opinions and ideas. This is of course not the case, but when you learn more about recording and production, you start to understand the stages of the process and it becomes far less mysterious and much more familiar. In fact, it normalises the process, and you start to see that it's actually less complicated and less intimidating than you may have been led to believe, and that you too, in fact, have the capabilities to harness that process for yourself. And lastly, women who learn to record and produce music in the right learning environment find that their imposter syndrome is lessened because they simply do not feel so alone anymore. Currently, That's usually in a female-only space with a culture of non-judgment, support and community, rather than competition and ego. Hearing that other women have also struggled to believe in their abilities with recording and production, or even their validity as a musician in general, can hugely help put into context feelings of imposter syndrome. It becomes obvious and unquestionable in these learning spaces that other women have experienced similar feelings to our own, rather than this being unique to us because we are uniquely flawed. When we learn with other women in these spaces, we start to join the dots between shared experience and systemic inequalities, and this empowers us to move past the trappings of imposter syndrome within our music. But maybe you're thinking, but Isabel, don't lots of female musicians feel imposter syndrome around learning to record and produce their music? Well, In short, yes, this is true, but it's really important that we ask ourselves the question, why? And in my experience of teaching thousands of women recording and production, I believe that this is hugely influenced by the learning environment you're in and a lack of representation of women in music technology, which we mentioned earlier on in this episode. There's some really strong research now that shows that when women learn in female-only environments, they make far better progress when it comes to music technology, and this is not least because of a sense of not feeling judged or othered. Learning environments such as these mean that imposter syndrome is less likely to tamper with a female musician's confidence getting started with recording and production. Coupling this with the fact that less women and gender minorities are visible in music production and technology, it's easy to see why many female musicians might feel disproportionately underconfident when it comes to their own skills and expertise in recording and production. But we can change, at the very least, the learning environments that women have access to, and this is clearly a major focus of my work. And the good news is that there are more women coming up through the ranks in music technology, and hopefully this will reduce the effects of imposter syndrome for women overall. And I'm also not claiming that recording and production skills alone will eliminate imposter syndrome. Clearly, there can be complex contributing factors at work, and no two musicians are ever the same. And it's also really important to acknowledge that while imposter syndrome may get better as a result of developing recording and production skills, it may never go away entirely. As I said before, where, how and with whom you learn to record music is key to how much you might experience imposter syndrome, and I still experience it with regards to my own abilities and expertise too. But I definitely experience it far less than if I hadn't learned the skills I now have, met all the wonderful women I now know, and learned from some incredible mentors in music technology over the years. I have absolutely no doubt that having these skills in recording and production has not only given me more creative control and confidence as a musician in general, but has also lessened the imposter syndrome that I feel even to this day. And if you still have any doubt whatsoever about the role recording and production still plays in helping you and other women in music overcome imposter syndrome, head over to the Home Recording Academy testimonials page to read and watch my students' multiple stories of transformation and empowerment. Their stories show just how powerful recording and production skills are in not only opening up new and exciting opportunities in your music, but also transforming your confidence and self-worth as a musician. And the final thing I'll say on the topic is please don't fall into the trap of thinking that just learning recording and production skills from anyone and anywhere is going to help you feel more confident as a woman in music. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely believe that these skills will do that, but where, how and with whom you learn makes a massive, massive difference. So do your research, make sure that the space you choose to learn in gives you the supportive, community-focused and non-judgmental space that is going to enable you to embrace these skills. Whether it be a YouTube channel, online course or more formal education programme, this is crucial to you letting go of imposter syndrome that may have held you back so far in your music. When you find that place, boy am I excited to see what happens for you and your music, dear listener. Phew, we have covered so much today. And if you're currently experiencing imposter syndrome, I really hope this episode has shown you that you are not alone. There are ways to, at the very least, improve imposter syndrome or even live without it as a musician. And there's no doubt that musicians of all persuasions, genders, backgrounds and identities may deal with imposter syndrome at some point in their career. But if you find yourself in a minority or a stigmatised group, such as women in music technology, you are more likely to experience imposter syndrome. I believe I have convincingly made the case for how important having recording and production skills can be in improving your sense of musical validity and confidence, but also a sense of empowerment and agency as a woman in music. All of this contributes to being able to move beyond the trappings of imposter syndrome, show up as the musician that you truly are, and not let self-doubt or lack of confidence significantly hinder where you can take your music. I, myself, have experienced imposter syndrome throughout my career, and music technology is no exception. Even though I have a PhD from a prestigious university department, have self-produced music with huge commercial success, and have taught thousands of women from all over the world how to record their music from home, I still sometimes doubt myself simply for not knowing everything there is to know. Now, this is an impossible task I will never achieve. I'm sure you'll agree, dear listener. But I now catch myself when these thoughts come up and I realise that it's actually my imposter syndrome talking. In reality, there will always be more that you can learn and more you can improve upon with recording and production and as a musician in general. The more my confidence has grown, the more I've been able to see imposter syndrome with more objectivity and the more I realise this, the more grateful I am that I'll never reach the finish line when it comes to my music tech learning journey and all the possibilities it gives to my creative self-expression. So embrace those possibilities dear listener, embrace that learning journey and embrace the experimentation that will always include mistakes and flaws and beautiful creations. And that brings us to the end of another episode Knob Twiddler's But don't worry, because I'm back next week with a brand new dose of feminist music tech goodness just for you. So if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening now so you don't miss it in your ears. But till then, take care and I'll catch you here soon. Girls Twiddling Knobs is hosted and produced by me, Isabel Anderson, with production support from Jade Bailey. The show notes are compiled by Francesca O'Connor, and this is a female DIY musician production. So how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, And you know someone else who would love it too. Be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.